Welcome to this week's Leader's Guide for the Fall Quarter of Life Groups. This resource is provided to help you prepare and effectively lead your group. For your convenience, you can also download a written version of the guide under Life Group Leader Tools at gatewaycrc.org forward slash life groups. Remember to tune in each week and to look out for the weekly edition of Life Group Leaders Weekly. Let's join Adam Van Dopp now as he introduces this week's material. Well, hello there, Life Group Leaders. This is week number seven of the fall 2022 Life Group semester here at Gateway Church. Uh, we've got a bunch of ground to cover, so let's jump right into our guide for this coming week. Uh, we're going into our seventh meeting this week, so we're on home stretch. There are just a few more scheduled meetings for you and your life groups to lead into, which is leading us up ultimately to the season of Advent. And what a great little season that is just right around the corner. Uh, so I'm asking you, have you planned your social event yet? If not, you really, really should. Over the last few semesters, we have also encouraged our groups to plan a, an optional week number 10 event, a social gathering, just to simply wrap up your group times together as we wrap up our semester in a few weeks' time. Uh, last week, we offered a new incentive deal for uh, a contest for pictures. Um, I'm going to extend that a little bit because, as I say in the printed guide, uh, the picture that I placed there is the only group selfie that I got, and it's because I took it and I kept it. Uh, so I'm going to put it out there to all of you groups again for this coming, this coming week uh, with a deadline of November 12th. That's a week from now. A snap, a snap a selfie of you and your group as you are meeting, whether you're hanging out over coffee or if you're out for breakfast or as you're serving or as you're meeting in someone's home. Uh, just at one point, snap a selfie, send it over to me, and we'd love to see your smiling faces and we'll take a draw for the best selfie for this $50 Visa card that I've got here on my desk waiting for one of you to submit. Uh, again, attendance, attendance, uh, super helpful for us. A training guide, there's a bit of a, an article at the end of this particular guide for uh, having difficult discussions. So travel that direction. Uh, well, at this point, let's jump into the material. Uh, so we're going to first start off with our getting to know you section. There's two questions there. Again, as we've been meeting quite often uh, for the last little while, uh, make sure you aim to spend time into focusing into God's word and as a community doing that. And if you want to just start off your group with a bit of a conversation that's lighthearted and fun, pick one of these two questions and uh, go that direction for the, the First note here is the question is, if you could choose any two modern day celebrities to have dinner with, who would they be? Well, again, just go around your room and enjoy a lighthearted discussion around this area. Uh, consider some simple follow-up questions asking why would you pick that person? Uh, maybe even ask, what would you even ask them? Second getting to know you question is, beyond life on this earth, what do you want to be remembered for? You know. Sometimes we put in some serious conversation starters here, and this could be one of those things. Uh, thinking of our book of Daniel that we're studying, which is uh, largely uh, these first six chapters about investing ourselves into remembering him and his life and how he uh, chose to live life and how he answered God's call on his life to live in this particular way. Uh, think about a book that you would like to have written about yourself. Uh, what might that book emphasize? What stories will encourage others? What stories would you like to have included within this particular book? And use that as a way just to get yourselves talking about chapter six that we're about to turn into. So quick review section, looking back at your notes from this week's teaching, was there anything that particularly caught your attention, challenged, or confused you? Uh, 
you know, we'll, again, we regularly remind you, be good, good uh, students yourself as you listen to our messages on Sunday mornings. Take your notes and write down your own questions that you're asking of, of the text and share with your members how you do this. And then in uh, the second question here, Pastor Justin offers us a question that he, he would have us focus in on. Uh, so he quoted C.S. Lewis saying, you will never tame the lions in your life unless you let God be the untamed lion in your life. Unless you fear God and you know what he's done and that he does it for you, you're going to be afraid of many other things. How can the knowledge of God give you the courage to face the dens of death and the suffering in your own life? Well, this is a question that we're going to touch on as well as we go into our digging deeper portion and we're going to come back to the same conversations. So uh, don't spend all your time here because unless you want to open up those cans of worms as we get into the further questions. Uh, but this is this is a hard question to answer and uh, you, you might just need to allow space just to kind of sit in here and reflect or you might need to come back to this. Uh, gauge your room and understand your best to your best ability how your people are ready to uh, answer this kind of a question. But then use this as a segue into reading Daniel 6 to look for uh, tips and ideas and how we can answer the courage, uh, how we are being given the courage to face those dens of death and that suffering that we might experience. So read Daniel 6. And I'm going to encourage you, read read the entire portion. Yeah, over the last couple of weeks, we've given you some segmented portions, but with Daniel 6 here and the whole story of the lion's den, uh, read the entire package. Uh, if it means you can answer less questions, by all means, spend time reading God's Word together as a group. And then definitely ask yourselves, what strikes you about this passage? What do we learn about God? What do we learn about ourselves? What do we learn about the sin that is in our lives as we embrace this particular chapter? Which leads us now into digging deeper, the question number one. Read Daniel chapter 6, verses 4 through 5. Daniel lived in such a way that the other officials clearly knew about his faith convictions and its practices. If your neighbors were asked about your practices, what might they say? Well, Daniel, as review, was uh, one of the three high, official, high officials in the kingdom with 120 satraps uh, who collected taxes, oversaw the judicial system, who were responsible for security within that kingdom. And Daniel was one of those three, uh, along with all the other people. Daniel thrived in that role as he has in his past positions of leadership, and clearly he has this profound, profound reputation. However, Daniel was not like the other officials. He was obviously Judean. He was different. He had some other distinct patterns in his life that made the other officials significantly jealous of him. Like how the Pharisees tried to trap Jesus, which we'll look at in another question later on, the satraps, they sought to trap Daniel. However, they quickly find out that there is no ground for complaint or any fault within his life. And because of that, they had to devise a scheme to catch him in error in his own ways. And so they draft a plan and Darius rubber stamps it. They, they, they knew exactly what Daniel's patterns were and they knew just where they could find uh, him slipping up in their own words. They knew that his faith was of utmost importance and even his prayer life, they knew his schedule, they knew just when to go find him and to catch him red-handed in that time of prayer. And so as we interact with the Bible like a mirror, uh, we need to take a look at our own lives and this is a good opportunity for us to do so. We need to be aware that this question, however, can leave us with a sense of guilt. And I want you to know that that is so not the intention. So be, as leaders, be sure to relay that to your members. That, that the intention now is to become more self-aware of who we are in our communities and how we present our priorities to those whom we connect with. Perhaps we'll leave this conversation a little more inspired to wear our faith on our sleeves. So read question number two. Read Daniel chapter 6 verses 11 through 10. The question asks, 
With full knowledge of the new law, Daniel still goes to pray to God, not to Darius. What does the author emphasize about his practice? What is this portion of scripture, sorry, why is this portion of scripture preserved for you today? Well, this is a fascinating response that Daniel lives out and a key phrase in this text that should not be looked over is where it says, and he, as he had done previously in the ESV or in the NIV, just as he had done before. Daniel didn't go charging into the city center to the position himself in a place where he was going to be seen by all the masses and the prayer life that he had. But he also didn't go into the deep recesses of his home into a deep inner closet with the door shut and the lights out so that he would be hidden from everyone around. But he, he carried on with the exact same pattern that he maintained throughout his entire life. So take notice of the two notes about his prayers. The first one being that he gave thanks before his God. Daniel's first response in this new law, in this new world, was one of gratitude. Now, we don't know necessarily the context of his gratitude, but we can suspect that Daniel continues to be grateful for a faithful God who has sustained him through many prior challenges, and he knows will sustain him through this one. Second point is that he, he was making a petition and a plea before his God. And so these are the realities that Daniel is aware of, that he knows the danger of continuing in this posture of prayer and the practice. And he asks the Lord for strength and courage to face all that he might face as a result of this commitment. He knows the den of lions is on his radar. He knows that it is going to be a reality should he be caught in this situation. And funny enough, in the very same verse of that, make him petition and plead before God in verse 11 here, it is indicated that the satraps were already there. It's an interesting vantage point to take when, when studying scriptures to ask then the second portion of this question about the preservation of scripture. Everything within this good book is there with the purpose and intention for us today. So why these two verses? What is our challenge? Again, again, like we mentioned in the note in question one, the goal is not guilt. The goal is not for us to feel remorseful, but the goal is for us to grow in self-awareness and spiritual patterns that are bringing us to the foot of the cross, that are bringing us closer to Christ. We want all of our members to always be on track with, with that growth, with being more aware of how God has called us to live and not to be shied away from it. So be sure in these verses to encourage your members that the Lord will sustain you through the prayers that you pray. And we don't necessarily know the answers, but we're going to come back to that in a little bit. So a bullet point question here, read Romans 13 verses 1 through 2 and Philippians chapter 3 verses 17 through 20. And Daniel 6, in the, the line between submitting to earthly authority and, and the obedience to God's word, it appears to be clear. However, it's more difficult to navigate and actually understand. Well, well, why is that? Well, Paul writes to the Romans that the leaders have been placed by the Lord and that their constituents are to submit to their authority. Paul writes to the Philippians that our citizenship rests ultimately in heaven and not here on earth. Well, this question is designed for you to not necessarily walk away with concrete, actionable answers, but to engage in the conversation surrounding Daniel's decision to go around the laws of the land and to obey the Lord God Almighty. Now, as I was thinking about reflecting on this particular portion of this text, I remembered uh, a sermon that Pastor Marcel preached a number, uh, it was actually about a year ago, uh, almost to the day, 
that uh, where we were going through the series of Romans and Pastor Marcel had the opportunity to dive into Romans chapter 13 where Paul talks about how we are to submit to authorities and in the uh, PDF of the sermon guide of the leader's notes I put a link in there to a snippet of that actual sermon that he was preaching there's about a 10 minute segment there where he talks about how God's word always trumps human law and he goes on to add a list of four always statements and I think they're actually really quite helpful and they can be quite helpful in helping us clarify the distinction between obeying earthly authority and being in obedience to God's word. Well, I'm going to share those four points with you here as a bit of a recap. I still encourage you, go click on that link and go check it out. Um, be brought back to that moment a year ago when we were looking at uh, being citizens within the world that we are in. Well, he said these four points. The four points were, number one, always back it up with scripture. Always back up our actions with the, with the scripture that God has preserved for us. Number two, always seek to look for answers. Never give up. Uh, if you're unsure, always seek longer. Ask more questions. Ask better people. Not necessarily better people, but the right people. Ask your pastors. Ask your elders. Ask your small groups. Ask your parents. Ask the authorities around you what is the right course of action. Number three, always consider how we reflect upon the church. Uh, what, what's the church going to look like as you go about this decision? How's, uh, not that we're worried about our image, but yeah, we're worried, we're concerned about how we look because we want to be seen as children of God following the laws of the Lord, but also following the laws of the land. We want to be truthful to whom God has called us to be. Well, we also look then at number four, ask about how it will reflect the glory of God. Because as we go through this life, we do reflect his image. We do mirror who it is that God is in this world. Remember, there's another quote that is out there that says, you might just be the Bible someone reads. You might just be the only church that someone interacts with. You might be the only person that people will see God through. And so when we're going out into this world and doing our best to obey God's word and doing our best to uh, submit to our local authority, know that there will sometimes draw a line that says civil be uh, disobedience is the way we need to go. We need to act on behalf of God first and foremost. But we also need to understand is that the line might never be overtly clear. But through these steps that we're, we've just looked at, we'll be able to find a little more clarity for our actions. And so, so if your, your group is eager to, to dive into this direction a little more, look at how Daniel might have followed up with these four statements. And draw it, draw it out uh, in his life. Ask about how Daniel backed up his actions with scripture. Act how he sought out answers. Act, figure out how he was learning how this is going to reflect on the church, well, the Israelite nation and his Judean uh, principles. Act out how this was... Uh, looking at how it's going to re reflect the glory of God uh, when it comes to Daniel's perspective. As another side note that might be helpful to your discussion here, look up the Romans 13 text in the message translation as Eugene Peterson has taken an advantage point, where verse 2 closes by saying, decent citizens should have nothing to fear. I'll leave that one there for you. Number three, read Daniel 6 verse 23. Daniel submitted himself to the lion's den with great trust in his God. How do we reconcile times where our trust in God doesn't pan out the way we want it to? And so this question here can be exceedingly difficult and it points back to the first question that we had on the front page under the quick review as we were talking about the message that Pastor Justin left for us. This, this, this question here is extraordinarily difficult. As your members and even likely yourselves have faced many troubling moments in this past year. 
Sickness has hit our homes. Loved ones have passed away. Jobs have been lost. Relationships have fallen apart. Natural disasters have changed so many patterns. And it's easy for us to read a story like this one about Daniel in the lion's den and celebrate Daniel's actions and his trust. But it is exceedingly difficult as we look at it as we face our own lions and our own dens that we have uh, and those moments head on. There are times that we pray for healing, for protection, for, for some level of God's mercy. But those difficult moments may still come. You know, we might be given a terrible diagnosis. We might not be protected. We might fall down that hole. We might not receive that level of mercy in just the specific way that we ask for it. And so while we know that the Lord always hears our prayers, he always understands our concerns. And in the midst of all of that, we need to be reminded that his ways are not always our ways. That we approach these difficult moments with our difficult layers of sin and brokenness. And we fail to see just how God is at work. You see, our perspective is not always the same as his, as God's. We, we can only see our tiny little orbit that is circling around us in this very moment of time that we find ourselves in. God, on the other hand, sees a much greater scope, an infinitesimally sized scope, one that travels beyond the full dimension even of time and far beyond the people that you and I know. So yes, we will face the den of lions. We, we might become lunch. We, we might uh, succumb to sickness. We might face great obstacles. But this is where I get drawn back into Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 3, where, where our perspective can be helped here, where it says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. What we might hear this text saying is that when we face the challenges of this life, that they in themselves will not be our end. The floods, the fires, those travesties will not be our end. And even if they are, well, they're for the Lord's purposes and we are going to be brought back to him because he is the Lord God, our God Almighty, the Holy One of Israel, our Savior. So like the psalmist says in the next text that we're going to briefly look at, the psalmist says, but I trust in you, O Lord, I say you are my God. So bullet point question, read Psalm 31 verses 1 through 5, 14 to 16, and 23 through 24. And even if your group is eager, read the whole psalm. It's a beautiful one and we use it a lot in the context of our sadness and our despair. And I share it a lot as pastoral congregational care with people I speak with. So use this, uh, this chapter uh, to answer this next question. The psalmist has made a few choices and in the midst of his tumultuous life, what choices do you see him making? Pairing this psalm alongside Daniel's narrative, how are you then challenged? Well, the life of David is that of a complex, super complex life. He's not always been this picture-perfect child of God. He's he slipped and he's fallen a whole variety of times. However, in his earlier days, the Lord has anointed him to be future king, replacing King Saul, who still sat on the same throne. David was then moved into the palace and to live alongside Saul. And Saul, to put it mildly, wasn't exactly David's number one fan. There are a number of times in Saul's life that he tried to kill David. And so while living his life, David makes a number of choices made evident in Psalm 31 here. He says in verse 1, In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Verse 3, For you are my rock and my fortress. Verse 5, Into your hands I commit my spirit. The same words that Jesus says upon the cross. 
the choices go on from there. And you and your members should ideally leave this conversation with words to use in committing yourselves and themselves to the Lord and to his mercies and to his best judgments. In verse 15, we see another choice. It's a recognition that the psalmist says, David says, my times are in your hands. My orbit is in your control, David says. And David sees the Lord in his sovereign control and accepts the authority and the direction of the Lord. Well, now we get to land the plane here with taking it home. And this typically is the hardest of all of the questions, but I don't think it is just given our last context that we just came from. But here, read Daniel chapter 6, verse 4 and Matthew 25, 22, verse 15. On Sunday, we heard about the parallels between the satraps in Daniel's narrative and the Pharisees in Christ's life. How might we sound similar to those characters now in the 21st century? Well, we need to read our Bibles as mirrors once again, like we've done uh, through this whole series. And all too often, we can find ourselves sounding a lot like the satraps in Daniel uh, and the Pharisees in how they interact with Jesus. Both groups of leaders have missed the point of their leadership, that they were to collectively lead and guide people to proper living and to the only true Lord and God. Well, these groups got all caught up in themselves and to the nitty-gritty rules, and instead of gathering people together, they drove people away. They leaned outwards instead of inwards, and they distracted more than they contributed. In our modern ways, my friends, you and I, we, we so much do the same. And our neighbors miss out on so many opportunities to get to know God because we are not leaning in. We're instead, we're leaning outwards. That we're distracting instead of uh, contributing. Well, my, my leaders uh, and friends, this has been another really neat journey into a really neat chapter. I hope and pray that this has been worthwhile of your 20 minutes of time to hear the sound of my wonderful melodious voice and that hasn't put you to sleep, but yet it's inspired and encouraged you and your journey in leadership in our life groups here at Gateway. Well, at this point, of course, close your meeting uh, in a word of prayer. Be praying for those whom you love uh, and uh, the, the things that they're facing, but also uh, offer prayers of gratitude and of encouragement that the, we would just, you know, lean into the Lord's blessings like we talked about last week. Well, at this point, uh, thank you so much for all the things that you do as leaders and uh, blessings upon your meetings this week. We'll talk to you again another time. See you.